Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 740. This, uh, those of you who have been with us for a long time, is not a Christmas quiz ed edition, which is traditionally, or certainly for the last three years, we've done that, which has been we've put together a Christmas quiz. We just didn't have the time. It was just too much. What with Imam and then um, family issues that I've been dealing with, which I'm sure you'll be aware of, it's just not been viable. So we're just going to have a bunch of our friends uh, at our Christmas thing, and uh, we'll be... We'll be doing our doing our thing, and this is the Music Technology Podcast. We'll be talking about maybe some of the gear that's come out this year, a few other issues, and hopefully we'll answer uh, some more of the uh, user questions that you've been posting over the years, uh, over the months that that it's been um, that's been set up. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to uh, Dom and Wagyu for sorting out all of this fabulous uh, chat business, which has really enabled us to kind of pull all the different chats together. And Wagyu is currently uh, moder uh, moderating the chat room uh, which is very kind of him because he can post links and he also keeps the uh, the spammers out and the the lonely ladies as uh, as we often find uh, that seem to be very keen to meet people like us um which is which is quite flattering in a way but it also makes you wonder whether we're more susceptible to um to, to being scammed <laughs> anyway i've talked myself into a bit of a cul-de-sac there let's uh, let's go we've got extra guests this week uh, but for, before i do i just want to say big thanks dom again I, I know i said it before for last week for uh, for the week before oh, for it's a pleasure in, uh, doing the show uh, i've, I've nearly got your you control surface Nearly got your control surface ready. Uh, first time we've ever had an alternative host, so uh, that's a real, yeah. First time. Wow, in, what an honour! No, honestly, it was an absolute honour. Huge shoes to step into, and thank you. And I hope I didn't offend anyone, and everyone kind of vaguely enjoyed it. So, no, brilliant. Thank you so much. It's, I'd love to do it again anytime under nicer circumstances. I hope though next yeah. time. Maybe when I'm on holiday or Obviously. something. Yeah, yeah that, that exactly. sounds good. Holiday. Although the way things are going, because this is all now cloud-based, I could probably do it on holiday, although yeah. maybe I shouldn't. Um, also, big thanks to... Uh, um, uh, um, all the contributors, I want to say this now, all the people who contribute to the to, to Sonic State, there's Andy, uh, Jim Hayward in the, in the States, Mira in the States, Ed, Rob, Trev, Gaz, Andy Mack, uh, and uh, Midi Era, Matt, of course, has been doing some reviews for us, and all of you guys, uh, and all of our Sonic Talk guests as well, over the over the years and months and, and all the time. Thank, thank you, and thank you also to all our viewers who are there in the chats doing their things. Oops, that's not what I was going to call that. That's my, that's my chat interface that you're... Uh, that's the behind the admin interface, but there you go. I was, uh, for those of you who are interested, if you support us on Patreon, we get all the pre-show and the other stuff. Like uh, we do ad-free versions. I've just posted a version of uh, the Pigments Four review, which I've just posted, uh, and uh, I'm going to probably do a behind-the-scenes tech review. And, and and also, I was talking about what goes into making this show run prior to this show. So if that's something that interests you, join us on Patreon. If you join us at the higher level, your name will appear in lights at the end of this very show because uh, it's done automatically and if that's assuming that's all working your name will show up which would be good anyway let's get on to some more guests and uh, we've got matt hodson who's here from his new place um which is hello new. so um, he's probably <laughs> thinking about studio <laughs> installations and soundproofing yeah. soundproofing especially yeah. i'd imagine given the sound of the room you're in currently right <laughs> yeah i'm sorry about this I'm, I'm sat in a cold conservatory but um i can't complain all my studio stuff's in boxes still so i'm I don't know, you know, we've all been there, you know, when you're moving out, all your stuff, all your studio stuff's in boxes, you can't get to it, you can't do anything creative, it's a bit frustrating, but um, but it also gives you a bit more of a different sort of perspective, doesn't it, sometimes, you know, when you, all your stuff's packed away and you're thinking, 
you know, how shall I set it up this time? Um, shall I take a different approach? Oh, yeah. All that kind of stuff. You know, was the ergonomics right before? Maybe I should get a different desk or something like that, different setup. So I guess I'm going through all that stuff at the minute. Plus, um, thinking about building a studio down in the bottom of the garden as well, which is hopefully the plan. And um, I'm, I'm working with some local contractors and getting some quotes and things on that. And um, what I figured I might do actually is um, document it for everyone out there. And um, maybe we'll upload it to this channel and show yeah. everyone sort of the, the process of building a, a studio in the garden and what goes into it and the logistics and the costings and things to keep in mind. So um, if anyone's interested in that, just, you know, put it in the chat, let, let me know and maybe I'll film it and um, share all that with yeah. you. That sounds great. I'm sure lots of people will be really interested in that because it's not something that, that you do every day, that's for sure. But uh, lovely to have you, Matt. Uh, and, of course, we've got... Oh, I've got more guests, haven't I? So, Robbie Bronneman, who we've got at Robot oh, Studios. Yeah. Is it still called Robot Studios? It's, no, it's, it's a different location. Studios. Recognizer. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. How are you, Robbie? Your, your internet is looking better. Your, your visuals are definitely... You've, got, you've become more high-resolution, which is also Good. fabulous. I'm good, very good, thanks. Yeah, I'm good. I, we had a nice tour in Europe. Um, I've been back a couple of weeks and then just getting ready for Christmas, really. So, um, yeah, and I'm um, redoing some stuff in the studio as well, which has been which has been fun. Of course, Robbie, yeah, you are on on the road with uh, um, Howard Jones, I'm guessing. Is that uh, who you who you're with? That's right. Yeah, yeah. We did a we did our European tour that we were meant to do the week that COVID struck. So it's wow, been hanging around delay. for like two, three years. So. Yeah, right. people have bought their tickets back then, so it was great. It was great. It was sold out, so yeah, it was good Excellent. fun. Excellent. Of course, w we did see you in person at the uh, EMOM event, uh, which uh, yeah. was lovely to see you there as well. That was uh, we have. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Well, we have, we've started to, to negotiations to start to do another one sometime in March. We're just trying to find the dates where there's no uh, football home game, because if there's a home mm -hmm. game, it's, it, we get a lot less time to actually set up, which we need for this. But uh, right. anyway, lovely, lovely to have you, Robbie, uh, as ever. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what you've got to say this week. And we've got uh, Paulie Bow from... Hello. I've got the button. Never gets old, Nick. Never gets old. It never does. I'm so glad I put that in the, in, in the clip uh, some time back. Yeah, um, nice to see you. How are you? How's parenthood? How's have you been doing some creative stuff as well? I saw you had a new song out the other day, which is you know. So yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know if we talked about this before, but when I found out my long lost uh, synthesizer uncle Brian, um, who his project's called the Modified Toy Orchestra. And he's a pretty big deal, you know, in Europe and stuff like that. Uh, and we just started writing stuff together. So if you go to my channel, you don't have to play the, um, you know, the sting again. Um, you can see our new song. Uh, it's called Alita. And um, it's not very festive at all, to be honest. It's, <laughs> you know, me, me dancing around to very dystopian Russian synths. So if you hate Christmas, then, you know then watch it <laughs> <laughs> well lovely to have you folks uh, all of you together i can't i haven't got a kind of everybody shot anymore because um oh it's that button isn't it because we've got five so i've got that but uh, we're missing one but it doesn't matter so um really this is quite free form uh, and i have got a couple of topics um let's see uh, what else have we got uh well i mean 
I, yeah, there was this 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 one thing which is kind of interesting. Those of you been following GPU Audio, and we have actually had uh, been been uh, they've been supporting us by sponsoring some of our Sonic Lab videos. So full disclosure there. But they just announced um, that they've got a Mac support. So they've been, you know, the GPUs they've been supporting, they did NVIDIA, then I think AMD, and now uh, they've got beta support for M1 and M2 processors, which is actually, you know, probably quite a big deal. Um, you get the uh, free Convolver, but it means that, you know, all of those, you can get even more plugins on your M1, which I don't know how, I mean, it's sort of, it's almost, it feels sort of inconceivable that you'd need that much, but actually it means that you can do more stuff. I suppose if you were using, if, if, I, if you're using a lot of video uh, processing as well, then it may be less of a thing, but I mean, this, their roadmap, they seem to be hitting it pretty good. So whoever's planning it all is kind of interesting. And maybe I'll come to you first, Robbie, because I haven't actually seen you for ages and I know you just upgraded. Um, I know yeah. we've talked about your upgrade paths in the past and they've been really, yeah. uh, you know, you, you wait till the, till the minute. I mean, partly because you need downtime, yeah. but also because you want to yeah. be sure everything works, right? Yeah. Well, I, look, I, I, I'd had a 12 core trash can since 2013. So, you know, I, I kind of always try and buy the most powerful thing I can buy at the time. And that kind of worked really well for me because obviously I bought it in 2013. It's a colossal outlay then. But I mean, I've had like eight years worth of, you know, every single project doing on it. So it's more than made, you know, paid for itself over and over. Um, but it was getting, I just finished Howard Jones' last album at the end of the summer and it was starting to choke all the time and, you know, having to render stuff offline. So um, it was kind of time to do it. So I got, I, I went for the Ultra and it's been, but I mean, the crazy thing was that when I loaded up the project after I got it, um, it's only tickling about 15% of the processors. That's wow. the kind of, the, the, you know, so I've got about another 400% of power that I didn't have on my other machine. So that wow. kind of, kind of gives you the ideas, but, but, Obviously, everyone was saying, oh, you know, if you're going for the Ultra, you've got all this unused GPU that's a waste for you because I don't really do much video. So this is kind of a welcome kind of thing that I'm going to be kind of following quite keenly because obviously long term, it probably opens it up for all sorts of other all sorts of other companies to kind of get on board. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I don't know, Matt, whether, uh, I mean, because you're processing a lot of live inputs. I mean, and obviously with uh, use Bitwig, which Clap uh, is part of, and I think GPU yeah. Audio uh, are speaking with the people at Clap. So, you know, uh, the Yuhi and the collective that does that to, to kind of be able to yeah. offload some of that processing directly to the CPU. So, I mean, this could, I mean, part of me thinks... You know, we've had these leap. We have these leaps in CPU power, and we get these leaps in kind of plug-in capabilities, where you know the virtual synths become so realistic and so good that suddenly you're like you're in a situation where it's kind of like actually, you know, there's not much difference. You know, the UI and the the user experience is different, but the, in terms of Sonics, it's quite hard to tell the difference. So I wonder now we're going to have some sort of quantum leap in stuff that plugins can do because all of this extra yeah. power will be available. Yeah, maybe, but. I think I've just been a little bit behind on, on the news with all of this. I mean, I'm aware of GPU audio, but I've had a lot of people asking me, you know, what is this? And I, I know Dom's really into it. So can we just confirm, just for people like me and some of the people at home, with the GPU audio, what that allows you to do then is to tap into your graphics card and use the processing power from that for your audio. Is that correct? And then... Yes, that's correct. When that's happening... What happens to your graphics then? Because 
obviously you need graphics rendering, you need graphics processing. So if you're taking that energy, you're taking that processing from the graphics and using it for your audio, is there not, um, yeah, this, this is the thing, is there not a worry then that your graphics will slow down and stop rendering well and then that shuts down? Is that something we know no. about? Maybe Don knows this? Uh, not, not if you're, and uh, not unless you're running something that barely has any GPU that can only just run its own screen. I mean, literally, because okay. there's so much latent power there. And the thing about yeah. the GPU is it's this concurrent thread system, because in most, most modern CPUs, including M1s and, you know, the, all, the, all the other stuff that runs on PCs, has a, a finite number of concurrent threads that it can run. On a GPU, it's almost limitless because of the speed at which they run. But it's a very different way of kind of dealing with this multi, multi-threaded processing. And, you know, usually, I mean, if you were running, I don't know, six or seven 4K screens on your latest, well, I'm running one, two, three, three or four screens. If you're doing lots of video processing, real-time video processing that requires the GPU, say, in a Mac situation, then, yeah, it's possible you might see a chip. But, I mean, you're unlikely to be taxing your GPUs. So you're not likely to be rendering four or 8K video at the same time as you're running your DAW. It's just not likely to be happening. So I would right. say possibly am i right dom i'm not sure if i am i think that's about yeah, right. pretty you, much i mean I, I did chat to them on on stream it was we had quite a techie chat on the stream actually which was interesting but yeah the the, the graphics engine uh, the gpu the, the graphics processing unit is like a central processing unit the cpu but it works on graphics and it's incredibly optimized your your screen is actually displaying a chunk of memory so each little pixel is a number that represents its color and and the more pixels on screen and the faster we're going at 60 frames a second and we're all changing the more memory has to be blatted into that space um so that's the first thing if this if the cpu had to do that it would just be it would slow to nothing and it wouldn't do any of the actual real stuff that's needed to be displayed so the gpu started out like that to offload from the cpu and it's also then come of age whereby it's very optimized for graphics so things like if you're writing a game sometimes you can say uh, wrap this texture around this 3d object for me graphics card and if it'll, it'll go and do it so you're literally giving it a picture and a couple of coordinates instead of saying here are all the coordinates of the of the shape and here's the colors i need to color in pixel by pixel or uh, make this look like water and move around so there's almost uh, there are the algorithms built in there that are common to gaming and 3d and all that kind of stuff so the idea okay. was that maybe we can use some of that stuff to process audio uh, the problem is audio is quite a sequential thing it starts at the beginning and it has a stream and it goes to the end you've got multiple tracks and everything but generally you're you're getting something you're doing it and you're sending it straight out again that might be getting 50 tracks and their plugins for that microsecond but 48,000 times or 96,000 times a second you're processing that information which is different to video graphics where they may be able to pull stuff in advance and parallel process it and block stuff around so these guys have managed to kind of supposedly as they described it they've untapped some of the 
undocumented bits and, and clever ways of going, well, I know you do this about graphics, but can I really use what you're good at, at actually crunching real-time effects? So things like algorithms, algorithmic-based plugins that are doing lots of computations should be brilliant on a, on, on a GPU. So rather than potentially, I don't know, impulse response stuff, playing samples, I'm not sure. It'd be interesting because I want to take Incinerator and they've offered if I can, you know, they've offered to help me get Incinerator running in that system, which will be really interesting because it's about 50% algorithms that make some sort of distortions and movements and about 50% impulse response recordings that play back of the Incinerator and the other speakers and stuff. So I'll report back because it'd be really interesting to see which bit gets the gets the oomph. Does that make sense or is it a little bit too waffling? No, it absolutely, it absolutely does. It makes total sense. And m most graphics cards are massively underutilised in modern computers mm. because, you know, we don't all run multiple massive screens. Oh, yeah, that was the original question, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, no, you're not going to run out of, of pixels no. on your screen because it's like a big bucket of untapped, you know, brilliance in there. So, Paulie, I'm thinking uh, you're probably really excited that you might be able to tap into your Amiga uh, GPU uh, and really, really <laughs> go to town on some of that stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I see you seem to be muted. muted. I just wanted to say, can you hear me now? Yes, we can, yeah. Brilliant. Dom, you did an incredible mm. job of explaining that very complex, you know, idea in a very accessible way, so, so well done, applause. Oh, thank you, that was very kind of yeah. you to say, thank you. No, no, it was, you should have a TV show or something, you know, on oh, like- um, YouTube channels. You know, Johnny, YouTube Johnny channel. Ball. Yeah. Well, you've got a YouTube channel, but you know, like the old Johnny Ball explains it all, the yes. science in the 80s, yes. you should do that for kids on TV. What a great idea. Really cool. If you're watching yeah. uh, TV commissioners out there, and I, know, I know you are, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent. This stuff is a little bit new for my kind of comfort zone, you know, in sort of using retro hardware and old computers, but it's very interesting. So, you know, maybe in 30 years or so, I'll look into this. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you can get retro GPU plugins. Yeah. yeah I thought I'd throw that in there because it was a topic that would get us started off, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I totally get where you are. I mean, you, you're more hardware. So it, it depends on one's workflow, I think. I suppose as we're all more in the box. The fact that we can keep everything in our box, yeah. But just to also clarify, you know, it won't run your regular AUs and VSTs. It has to be recoded to do to run on the GPU. It's not that straightforward. So yes, that's the that's the thing. It's not just like, mm. hey, all my plugins are, I can offload to my GPU. It's like, no, you need plugins. And I suppose in terms of the industry, what that will probably mean is there may be GPU only versions of some plugins which you may either get as a free update or you may have to pay a premium for. I suppose that's, you know, which I suppose is, you know, in terms of where we're going in, uh, in terms of new product, uh, um, makes sense commercially that people would get into that because it's like, well, if I can charge, you know, again or a, a premium or an extra, then it means that there's more money coming into the industry. And, you know, as we're not software, getting UAD plugins anytime soon. <laughs> right. OK, fair enough. <laughs> that too. That's also possible. But yeah. They've gone native anyway, haven't they? So you, you can. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose so. That's true enough. Okay, um, well, the next thing really was... Um, well, oh, actually, we've got ads, haven't we? I should probably play this. And I, I just want to say thank you very much to Dom for actually voicing over this so I can actually just sit back and uh, have a slurp of my tea. So uh, let's just hear from our friends over at... Uh, what was it? Oh, Isotope. Why not? 10 is the future of mastering. 
The new version includes the Master Assistant, which matches your master to any reference file. The advanced version includes a stabilizer module, adding mixed clarity with an intelligent and adaptive mastering EQ, and an impact module, which enhances the rhythm by controlling microdynamics. Don't forget, you can use the code SONIC10, that's SONIC10, at isotope.com forward slash SONIC TALK to save an additional 10% of any one-off software purchase. That's SONIC10 at isotope.com forward slash SONIC TALK. Yes, well done, Dom. Thank you very much for that. That's very helpful. Sorry, I, I just realised that I had my music bed set to my voiceover setting on the top of it, which is why it's a bit quiet. So, production mistake. Uh, uh, we'll add it to my list of errors, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Um, okay, well, let's see where. Um, uh, let me just have a look. What else? We, I think we should probably do a bit of best of gear 2022, really, because obviously, you know, we're getting to the end of year. I've got a little vid because Bo Beats has done one. Uh, and, you know, we we have done them in the past. We just didn't do one this year. So I suppose I should probably utilize some On this channel, devices. we so always end the year with a big synth award show where we crown the best synths and music gear of the year. And to help me, I've invited a bunch of my friends from the synth and music production community to give their take on what was most interesting this year. Not us, but uh, there we go. I mean, I couldn't be able to do it anyway. I've been, uh, I've been a bit busy, but... Uh... <laughs> Things move on. Oh, incidentally, did you see Bo got, uh, I think he got uh, number three in uh, Music Tech Personality of the Year, which is cool. We got a number five, or I got number five, which was great. I mean, lovely. Uh, really cheered me up this year. But really, this is kind of about gear of the year. I don't know. If it's Sometimes the, the problem I find when we do these things is when, especially when it's ad hoc like this, and I do apologise in advance, is that you can't really remember whether it was released this year or whether it got relaunched or there was an update or, you know, that kind of stuff so it's kind of a bit tricksy i don't know i'm going to come to you first um paulie even though i just captured you i hope you're eating a mince pie i can't see that I but, uh, i'm eating polos there we go polos, polos. Oh, okay. i actually have a mince pie here we go i might eat my mince pie there, there's an actual I, christmas mince pie look at that so I did win this that. What, what a good oh, guess no so i'm thinking in terms of like new stuff i've got like three or four new things and then it was like three or four things which got really improved in 2022, you know, like um, firmware updates and stuff. So for the new ones, and I think these are all 2022, we've got Korg Modwave, I think that came out this year. Um, I had to go on that at um, uh, Synthfest in Sheffield. I thought it was brilliant. So that's on my list. Um, the Oberheim the new Oberheim, you know, the OBX8, because um, yeah. it literally just made so many people on my Facebook feed happy. They're, they're like, you know, running around like little kids <laughs> just to have this, you know, massive Oberheim synth. So that's been lovely to see. And then the last two are Mini Freak, which I think mm. is incredibly powerful for what you get and yeah. the price. And finally, the Groove Synthesis third wave, though not many are out yet. It looks like one to watch. Um, so they're the gotcha. ones that are new. And then most improved, I have two. One is Waldorf M, because it started out with basically a microwave one mode and a microwave two wavetable mode, different, different quality wavetables. One's kind of trashier than the other. But this year, the um, the firmware creators added new digital filters to the thing. 
Um, he's added all sorts of um, quality of life improvements. And uh, if you want to go and check out um, Jamie at Geosynth's latest video on the Waldorf M, it's sounding absolutely incredible now, you know, just to, in terms of an exotic modulations like filter FM and things like that. And finally, the thing that I'm taking away, because I go to Wales for Christmas each year to my parents-in-law in the Welsh Valleys. And uh, I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking an MC101 with me, the Roland MC101, because I bought oh, yeah. one. The new firmware on that is ridiculous. It's so powerful. Um, it gives you, like, basically a full JV four partial engine, um, you know, in a it's tiny unlock, device. It unlocks more it's, of the Zencore, doesn't it? So you get more uh, of the, because yeah. it's essentially a Zencore synth, isn't it? And because uh, if you if you do the MC707, which I reviewed, which I think was yeah. almost the best thing that Roland have released for a long time, yes, apart almost. from that ridiculous limitation on sample memory, it would have been... The, uh, but you can get in deep, and you can do the same on the MC One One. Is there an is there an editor for that that you can uh, that you can get to those parameters? Because it's not much fun via the front mm. end, that's for sure. Yeah. Remember, though, I am a bit of a, a masochist when it comes to bad synth UIs. I'll put up with anything. <laughs> right, <laughs> but okay, yeah, fair it, it's not the most fun. I think there is an editor. I don't know whether the editor's been updated, but there is one. Um, I think you might. But be yeah, right, yeah, very exciting update that was. Nice. Okay. Well, that's that, that seems reasonable. I mean, that's a, a, a very. Full, I, I was going to put uh, Mini Freak in mine as well, um, but uh, w I'll, I'll come to mine if uh, in case anybody misses anything. Robbie, what about you? I mean, I don't know whether you've been on the road a lot. Uh, some of this um, year, so I don't know how much time you've yeah, had I mean, to, to, to look my, at. My, my big bit of gear for the year was the um, the field. AP One Field. Uh, for a lot I'm, of people, I've actually. I've been a massive OP1 user. I, I literally got the OP1 when it came out, the month it came out, the original, and I've used it on every single production I've done, literally. Film scores, albums, everything. And I've, I've always loved it. But there's been, there's always been things that niggled me about it, you know, some of the sound quality and the stereo aspects and, you know, not having proper stereo through it and all that kind of thing. So... I know, I know it's a bit, con you know, people still ranting and raving about this thing, but for, for someone like me who, who's, who's, who's got my money's worth over and over again, like, kind of like the Mac from my OP1, this was kind of like a no-brainer because it just kind of improved everything that, that was always a little bit cronky on the old one and obviously USB and audio over, you know, yeah. over the USB and all that stuff. So I'm, 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 I'm really thrilled with it. Um, and actually, actually shopped around and got it for fifteen hundred. So not the not 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 the shocking two thousand that it was, you know. Yeah. Original. Well, interestingly, so, I mean, it's it's on it's on top ten. Uh, so I think Reverb had it posted on. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It was like the one of the top selling items of kit on Reverb. But we didn't know whether that was people who bought it disappointed and sold it on. So it got sold. <laughs> Everyone accounted for sort of more than one sale. But I know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, and I do understand lots of people are really, really into them and it really works. I mean, that's great, Robbie, that, you know, you've got the features that you want because you use it every day. It makes perfect sense that you would get that stuff. I mean, so, I, yeah, and the other thing is, is that, you know, I, I, they were they were fantastic over the years in keeping that other, you know, the other one updated, not sort of like, sort of like just sort of forgetting about it. So I'm mm. kind of feel confident, obviously, now that it's kind of got like another sort of like generation that they'll kind of carry on doing that with this one. So, you know, it's, uh, for, you know, I, 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 yeah, I think it's fantastic. So that, that's been well, my... Well, I do not... Yeah. 
I do know that, because I spoke to them at Superbooth and I was asking about whether this new one, because what was always very impressive about the initial one was the amount of DSP and creative coding they got in that tiny little amount of RAM or whatever it was that was inside it. And and they assured me that there was a lot more room to grow in this new one. Yeah. It had an upgrade, you know, because we've got higher resolution, there's more DSP, there's probably more operating RAM or whatever that, that's for running the code in. So I can see that, you know, they're probably having a great laugh just coming up with ideas. So, yeah. Good choice, though, Robbie. Uh, is that is that it? Is that it, or have you got anything else that, um, uh, that I've, really? I've, I've 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 kind of I've been kind of uh, what's the word honing in on my modular. I've got a modular setup which isn't in the studio, which I which I keep as my kind of non-computer-based setup in the, another part of the apartment, just for when I want to have inspiration, which doesn't involve turning on the computer and doing musical accounting. Um, and um, I've been kind of honing in this year on exactly what I wanted it to be. So, um, you know, I'm swapping a few things out. And I've been mm. I've been really loving the, the Qubit uh, Nautilus and Aorus um, uh, modules. Uh, right. So that, those would be great. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Matt, I'm sure. I mean, do you get you get a lot of stuff? I mean, guess uh, being involved in BIMs, which are, uh, do you get a lot of stuff coming through the door? You know, people trying to kind of get you as a, as a, an organisation to stock up on. You know, you need one of these in every classroom. So, do you get access to a lot of this stuff, or is it? Are you like the rest of us, just seeing it on YouTube and yeah. kind of gassing after yeah, we it? Do. <laughs> we we do, um, but more often than not, it's led by the students themselves. So when we're interviewing students and we've got new students coming in, um, it's usually identifying what the trends are each year. And, and, you know, there's been a real growth, actually, the amount of students who are coming in and uh, they're using FL Studio. That seems huh. to be coming more and more used, um, among, certainly amongst the electronic music production lot. For sure. So that, that one seems to be coming leaps and bounds. You know, um, the questions are, you know, what, what software are you using when they have their interview? And it's majority of it now is um, logic of FL Studio, it would seem. Really? So, um, Interesting. Yeah. So we, we so that sort of dictates what we get. I mean, we do get, of course, you know, we get calls from all different people, whether it's mixing consoles, microphones, speakers, you name it, you know, um, uh, we have a scholarship, for example, with Adam Audio and that kind of thing. But all of these are, are done in the best interest of the students and that, and that kind of thing. Um, so what's 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 gear hot gear for you then? Okay, so two. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Two. I'm going to do one piece of software, one piece of hardware. Piece of software for me is probably it's Bitwig. Uh, for those mm. people out there who subscribe to Bitwig. You get your releases. You get it, it basically. It's updated pretty much every month. And if you look back over the year, what they've introduced, all the new plugins, the Spectral Suite. They introduced something called Note Grid, which is part of, uh, which is where they basically took out elements from the grid, and it allows you to play around with timing and note information, um, a lot more in depth um, and a lot easier. So it kind of pulls that out from the grid if you wanted to. So I think I think that that's that I champion that just because of the updates that you get from that, and uh, and it only gets better and better and better and better, and they seem to be working harder than I don't know. Well, maybe any other DAW company out there in terms of their updates and the, and what they're putting into it. Um, that's not sad. I'm you know I'm using so many other DAWs as well, but um, 
that one i think yeah i know that's the one that suits your work i mean they did have that big snafu this year didn't they where they kind of they 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 they, and i and i think you know everybody's allowed a misstep and, and i think at the time everybody got really angry and it's like well I could get that, but I think people mess up, and they said actually they made a really bad idea there. Mm. And so, uh, and I That's hope that it. doesn't yeah. influence too many people. But he yeah. said, they said and sorry. Nice. And they went okay, fine, okay. There you go, have it. And not people make mistakes. Um, nice bunch in of terms people of hardware, as well. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, in terms of hardware, um, I just love this machine, the Perquons HDO one by Erica Sints. It is just so much fun. If you see my videos messing around with it, I mean, you can just write whole tracks on it. It is so playable. It's so much fun. It's very intuitive. It sounds amazing. It's really, really cool. It's, um, yeah, I just love it. I mean, like Robbie was saying, sometimes you don't want to turn on a computer. Just sit down with that, stick your headphones in, and the sequencer on it, you can do loads of stuff with it, and you can save what you're doing in it, automation, They've, they nailed that one. Yeah, nice. Um, and um, that's released this year as well. So good good skills there of getting that in, definitely. <laughs> uh, okay, well, Dom, uh, how about for you? What's, what's is there been, anything uh, what, left what, after what, that? Perkins yeah, well, I know. Well, you could, you, well, yeah, but the thing good. is, you could, you could have the same things. You know, I'm sure you'll have different uh, oh, I see uh, what you mean. points well, of view. Um, I mean, you don't have to be unique. <sighs> no, that's okay. Arturia Polybrute, when did that come out? Just made it. Oh, into the year. That's a. That's yeah, a quite a poly. while back actually. Yeah. They they re They did sort of relaunch it and did a version. They did a version two firmware, I think. Didn't ah, they? maybe that's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. There's a couple of that's new version enough. software ones. I mean, that's kind of on my list that I'd like. Um, oh, I mean, the OBX thing. It's obviously amazing. All of those on that list, but actually, in terms of what I would like in this room, I would, I'd like to swap. Actually, it used to be that it's not there. The, my matrix brute for a poly brute, and I know they're different. And, and and the law of gas says you should keep both, but it just doesn't work like that. So for me, financially, so I'd like to do the the swap on that one. I mean. Um, there's one bit of modular actually, which is involved with um, with Cory and his ModBap. There's a ModBap Osiris module, yeah, which is, the, has only the, just the come drums out. One. Yeah, no, this is the the kind of a dual VCO. I think I can uh, do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not it's not cheap, but they are amazing. And they've literally only just come out. I've got one and I bought it. It is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So um, that was exciting. There are two kind of um, software upgrades that have literally just come out that have been exciting for me. I've got a Torso or Torso T1. I don't know if you've come across those. They're like oh, yeah. algorithmic uh, generators. So you can put notes in and stuff and it'll do Euclidean uh, cycling and generate beats and tunes. But up until now, it's kind of been had its own inbuilt algorithms to generate the notes. So you can't literally play and stuff and have it play back. So it's quite interesting to play around with. But they've just released um, the the upgrade that effectively allows you to, same as on the Octatrack, where you do, um, what's it called, when you um, you hold the thing down and you can change each individual part of the cycle. Um Da, 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 da. What's it called? Like tricks. From my head. Tricks. Tri yeah, uh, yeah. Tri Do you know what yeah, I mean? Tricks, yeah. yeah, individually. So basically, you can program notes on every single beat, and it becomes a cross between a beat step, I guess, and a really cool algorithmic kind of generator. So I'm really excited about that. 
Um, and the other thing that's just literally just had version, I think it's 1.8 rather than a 2, is this is Ooh, now supporting yeah. MPE. <laughs> so the latest upgrade for this has this massive modulation uh, matrix in there and supports MPE. And I've literally downloaded it this morning. So if it works, this is hot off the press. I'm really looking forward to that. That's the, the vector synthesizer, obviously. Uh, which I can probably out. throw up screen. It is really good. And I mean, they've had so much kind of trouble in the past over getting um, kind of stock out and updates and all the rest of it with the chip shortage. So I highly recommend it. It's really such a fun little thing to work with. Um, yeah, I, I loved it because I, I, I reviewed it. I just couldn't get on with it. It yeah. just didn't really fit my. I, I, I really didn't understand yeah, it. Yeah, but I, I know I other people have connected it with it more. I but I just, it's, yeah. it's not a common synthesizer it's weird they've done everything differently and you probably might say some of it well why did you do it differently it, because you know, do you know what i mean it needn't have been like that mm. but once you get your head around it um then it is it's a really neat neat thing i think part of their philosophy was to make it different just to stand out because you know they're right not highly sense. you know financed let's do a synth kind of thing wouldn't have, have kind of broken the mold a bit but i guess that's it software wise i think i have to mention the isotope Ozone 10 advanced whatever studio package mm. that they do. It's got oh. Ozone 10 in it. It's got uh, RX10 standard and it's got Neutron 4. Yeah, um, yeah they just, I mean, that's everything just sounds. Yeah. It's they, such they a. It's just, I mean, I just thought it was a little upgrade. And then I listened to things like um, RX10, which is where you can remove background music from vocals and stuff. And it's so much better than the previous one. And the other one was pretty good, but. Yeah, stick your favourite record in and see what they, you know, see what noises you can hear in the background of stuff you never realised was recorded on there. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Mm. Interesting. I, I, I forgot my software of the year, which was um, which was um, Sugar Bites brought out this thing called Grain Daddy, which is like a sort of a granular effects engine, multi effects engine, which is so much fun. So that, uh, okay. that, that's my that's sort of my bit of software of the year. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, I've got a couple of things I'll add, but I've just realised that we do actually have uh, uh, um, to uh, uh, bring in a, a mention from our friends over at Baby Audio. Uh, so we thank them. And, and I should also say at the beginning, I thanked everybody. We also thank our sponsors. I just hope that Baby Audio have been with us for quite a long time. And uh, so here's a message from them. Baby Audio make creative effects plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021 in Future Music and Computer Music magazine, and they were nominated for the SOS Awards two years in a row. Crystalline is an algorithmic reverb plugin inspired by classic 20th century studio reverbs, but offering higher fidelity thanks to 21st century computing power. A reverb plugin with a variety of creative features, such as the ability to tempo sync pre-delay and reverb decay times. You can get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15. Thanks again, Dom, for that excellent voice. I realised that the, the amount of words, given the amount of bed you had there, was quite challenging. So I hope that didn't take you too many takes. <laughs> the, only, the only reason I did it was we, had to, we couldn't use your system when I, when I did the stream. So we had to program StreamYard is what I use, which is like an online streaming thing, much, much more basic than yours. And uh, if you run a video, it mutes your mic. <laughs> so I suddenly thought just before we went on, oh, OK, quick, you know, <laughs> it really was one take, bang. And gone, you know, that's it. So, yeah, nice. I fitted it in just. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I had a couple. It sounded, well, sorry. 
a bit tense. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching the clock coming down. <laughs> so I had some. I had. I was going to. I was going to also choose the Mini Freak as a synth of the year because it really came out in the body of the year. Because a lot of a lot of synths are sort of announced in the previous year and then sort of come into people's hands at the beginning or, or even later in the year. Uh, I also would like to put a shout out, and I know I know Nick Howes will probably curse me. Uh, the the Roland Boutique JX08, I think, uh, was the best boutique of the bunch, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know that the earlier ones only had four voices and used proper ACB, but there's something about the sound of that and the capabilities. It just sort of felt like, oh, okay, this is a synth that's got you know, 15 more, 12, I don't know how many, 20 note polyphony and two synth engines and it had that chorus. And for the sound of its time, I think it was one of the ones where you got it and you just went, I'm getting more than I ever got with the original and it felt like the right one to go for. That's my opinion anyway. That, was that the JX8P one? The JX8P one, yeah. That's really oh, good yeah. sound. I used to have an MK70. I loved and it got stolen. Oh. oh no! It's worth checking out. Yeah, it actually out. sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Um, the other thing was I'd like to give a shout out for um, the Nifty Keys, uh, which is Create Audios. Uh, Nifty Keys was the modular case, very affordable modular case. Uh, I mean, you know, okay, not built like a tank, but it had. I mean, you can play up to four notes in it. Had loads of functions and features. Really good. I mean, especially for demoing modules, but also just great for building up a, like a little unit. And going, you know, this I'm going to play a patch on this, and you could do so much with it. Really, I, I thought that's a good one. The Nifty Key is a good one. And uh, shout out to uh, GeForce for the OBE, of course, which I think is uh, universally uh, praised by, you know, uh, not just us who are mates, but uh, by the rest of the world. Um, you know, or not the rest of the world, you know, but other people too. So yeah, that's uh, thus rounds the end of the gear of the year 2022. Very unscientific, uh, but it meant that we didn't have to spend hours editing in people and doing all that stuff you know there we are we're talking a bit in the pre-show about the idea of if you've got people who can communicate record them and then and and then <laughs> and use that rather than build something out of a whole lot of parts I, i'm not saying that one is either right or wrong but it's just a lot easier if you do it this way you decide whether it's better that's not really uh, uh oh i just want just got a comment in there um professor dick to beat says uh he's got uh, uh, a couple of nifty cases packed to the brim, controlled with a MPC. Perfect live setup. Yeah, I would say that's pretty cool. A uh, lot of love for the nifty keys. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. So, really, we're now on to um, questions because we've uh, we also introduced this year. Uh, thanks very much to Dom and Wagyu, this whole system of uh, um, bringing in uh, questions and comments and stuff that we could bring them into the system. So I'm going to try and do a few more, um, a, a few more of these. Uh, well, the, the first one I'll go with John Van Eaton, just because I want to give him a mention. Um, uh, and I guess the, the fact that we're here is uh, answered. Uh, Christmas show plans as of yet. Yes, this is it, John. Thank you very much for watching. I know John was in the comments earlier. We did actually meet um, back in, I think it was 2018 or 19 with Rich Hilton. We had a little drink at the, uh, at the Marriott show pool bar at nam it was lovely to meet you um nice to see you in the chat um let's see what's um uh, okay uh do i think the priority i'm just trying to see what else i can find um 
Okay, here's another one. This is rather flippant. What is the plaid on my cap? So I guess we're wondering whether this is some kind of uh, uh, tartan from uh, some oh. clan. In uh, It's not. Actually, what this is is a pan shop Christmas hat that has probably got no... Um, <laughs> and it's one that I... Because I've always looked for it every year and I, now I keep it somewhere because it always comes to five minutes before the show and I think, I haven't got a Christmas hat. What am I going to do? And this is the official Sonic Talk Christmas hat. Um, so there we go. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Dom, any, uh, any? Oh, you haven't yes. got any. Uh, you haven't got any plaid on yours, so I suppose that's not. No, 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 no. I can be a snowman though. So if we just flip into snowman mode, there you go. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Like and you got a kind of like a proper. Ah, oh, look Ooh. at that. <sighs> Excellent. <laughs> Okay, here's a here's a question from Nick Howes, who is uh, a regular. Uh, um, nice to see you. And also, we met him uh, at uh, the Emom. Uh, Nick Howes says, um, "Do the panel think that the proliferation of pirated plugins alliteration is encouraging people more people to go out and buy hardware in a love the sound but need to need the hands-on vibe?" That's an interesting one. I suppose the kind of nub of the question is: Is it are people? more into hardware and i suppose we should come to matt first because matt will be probably mm. hanging out with more kids uh, uh who are the future and probably more on the curve than we are because uh, there's lots of reasons why we don't it might be eyesight it might be space <laughs> whatever what are, what are your <laughs> thoughts about that matt oh it's a, it's a big question it really is i don't think there's any one right answer like yeah everybody everybody loves hardware and nobody likes software you know it, it really depends what you're doing I suppose thinking about my students, you know, they always, for example, when we're teaching and mastering, they want to be taught just on stock plugins because they don't have very expensive equipment at home. Mm. Um, so we give them that experience, you know, this is how you can master using stock logic plugins, stock Ableton plugins. But then we will take them over into the studio and we'll get out the Neve compress uh, EQs and um, Manly Vera Muse, and we'll plug them in and we'll show them how you can sculpt and master using hardware. So um, we try and show both things there. Um, I think it also comes down to just how you connect with music. I mean, I, mean, I, I think for me, I love using hardware. I love using hardware because it's more tactile and I feel more of a connection with it. And I use a computer so much I think Robbie was talking about this earlier, alluding to it, but I use a computer daily for so much. The last thing I really want to do, I don't want to connect with it, I open it up, and I've got blank logic screen looking at me and go, write some music. I like to not have a computer in front of me, turn on a piece of equipment, literally plug it in before I'm hearing anything. Oh, I think I'll plug this oscillator into that filter and this time and create a feedback loop and then put a pedal on at the end. Now I'm going to listen to it. And that usually will be my starting point. But I understand that comes with a budget and not everybody yeah. can afford to do that. And, um, but, then, but then again, you know, there's times when I'm on an airplane or I'm on a bus or I'm on a train and I'm just like, open up my laptop, open up VCV rack, open up Logic and just try and use something stock. So I, um, you know, I, I honestly think if everybody could afford it and they had as much money as they want, I don't necessarily think they'd go fully hardware either because um, there are frustrations with it and, and there's things that you yeah. can do in the software land such as, you know, really quick editing, micro-editing, the ability to save, the ability to have a million of the same plugins running at once and as many reverbs as you want and that kind of thing. So it's a big, big question. 
And um, yes. I guess it will be different for everybody. It will. I know, Paulie, it's interesting because, you know, you, as we know, you, you are fond of um, sort of, I would say, chat some hardware which has quite a challenging UI. So in some ways, it might, might actually be easier to use a plug-in rather, than, rather yeah. than the actual synth itself. But do you still fully have a different connection, even if it's a pain in the ass to actually program? These days, I kind of just use plugins for quick, you know, a quick result. You know, so if I'm if I'm sketching something and just need something super super quick, I use like Tal Noise Maker a lot, a free VA plugin that actually sounds really good for VA. So I use that quite quite often. Um, but onto the yeah onto the question, I definitely think that software can be a bit of a gateway drug because you can try out so many different types of synthesis, can't you? Not just in like pirated software, but in freeware software, you can try out a bit of granular, a bit of additive, you know, a um, bit of FM. And then you can go, right, I like this. I wonder, and maybe you make a really nice patch with a VA soft synth. You might remember the patch and go, I wonder how that would sound on a real analog synth. You know, and that's that's that was my way in really. I um I was at university from about two thousand and one. So there were there were often, you know, C D ROMs back then going around with the odd bit of pirated software on, you know, at my mates' houses and stuff. Trying different things out. And um I always wanted to myself go legal. As soon as I was making any money from music, I told myself I'm going to go legal with all the software, you know, and everything, which I think, you know, was something that I, I thought kind of moralistically was important. Um, but yeah, definite gateway drug into hardware for me as well. You know, I remember playing with yeah. early stuff like Absinthe. Remember Absinthe 1.0 yeah. instruments and going, wow, there's some cool synthesis here. And then I, I'd pick up and I'd look for that kind of synthesis in hardware later on because we love, you know, we love the sexiness of hardware, don't we, with, you know, sliders and knobs and lights and things like that. Yeah, I mean, an absinthe was one of the the, the early, highly complicated synths. And, and back then, to be fair, not much software synth sounded all that good, but what they did have to offer was a kind of level of complexity and, and, and possibilities that you couldn't find in hardware. So, I mean, that's that was the sort of difference, I suppose. Uh, Absinthe sort of sadly uh, was dropped by Native Instruments this year, wasn't it, I believe? Um, yeah, it which was. Which is yeah, probably yeah, because, yeah. The, because the code base has, uh, has gone. Uh, Robbie, um, how do you feel? I mean, I know, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you, obviously, you work work to deadlines in a lot of cases. So hardware yeah. is, for many people who work to deadlines, it's kind of a luxury. But by the well, same token, you know, you perhaps wouldn't know what you know without having the hardware to well, to learn on. <laughs> my studio sort of over the years been through sort of, you know, peaks and troughs with the hardware thing. At one point I had amassed so much hardware and then it just got all overwhelming. And I was just like, I don't see the point in having this hardware if I've got to pull it out, find some cables to plug it in work out how I'm going to sync it up to this, that, and the other. Because by the time I've done that, I've wasted, you know, valuable time that I need for doing other things, and I've kind of lost the joy of it. So mm. so my, my, my kind of relationship with hardware, apart from my little setup that I've got elsewhere in my apartment, is that 
anything that I've got in the studio, it has, you know, I've got it absolutely streamlined. It comes into a auto load within Logic through the UAD system in the console. Everything's normalized. Everything's got MIDI to it, MIDI clock. And I can, I can immediately play one of the synths, you know, print the stuff, have it clocking to everything and move on. And for me, that's the only way hardware works into my workflow because, you know, for instance, like doing film scores and stuff, it's just like it's just got no time to waste with like all that kind of nonsense. You know, I did kind of mm. flirt with the idea at one stage of having a summing mixer until I realized that I was going to have to render out every single cue in real time and every single part of every single cue in real time, which is just not feasible. So, you know, I, I kind of have a balance of that the hardware that has to that's in the studio has to earn its place as being mm. kind of something that actually brings me creativity and joy in my workflow. Otherwise, it's otherwise it's out. Mm, well, I think that's a fair point. I mean, there's definitely, you know, different threads on how it works. Dom, how about you? I mean, I can see well, you've got hardware about, there. I mean, you, you can't yeah, say, it's, it's no, I prefer software because no, no one no, would no, believe I you. Mean, <laughs> I, I always start on the computer. And then if I'm recording stuff, as is the, the recording processes when I want to be twisting things and moving things and it, almost everything I end up, what I tend to do is, is go go straight into record and record stuff into logic so i may play something in via midi but i won't leave it like that forever which is what i used to do because there's just far too many decisions to make later on so i will print that to an audio track and whilst it's printing um i might be sliding something with the mouse if it's if so, but i'll try and have a midi controller or something and i'll be moving the filter a little bit or just so that everything has this movement to it and i think that's that makes a massive difference when you want to hear a bit more organic thing. It's not absolutely spot on every time. And and I try not to get too precious and then work that work it that way. So if it is an external synth, that's easy, you know, grab something and do it. But if it isn't, even with VSTs and stuff, you you can still make it work. With, with modular stuff as well, I started off using it as a bit of a kind of effects rack, doing exactly that, a, a routing the internal synths from Logic that I've got um, out through something and feeling it. And to be honest, that's that's the way Incinerator started as well. You know, just stamp your own kind of authority on it. So yeah, even if you put the, you know mic up your speakers and re-record your synth through that, mm. just mix a bit in there. Anything you can do it. Um, so yeah, the movement is vitally important. When it comes to mixing, uh, it's kind of irrelevant to me now. I don't want particularly have sliders. I tried very much to build a MIDI controllable slider with aux ends and stuff because because really I want to play the aux ends and be sending echoes and delays all over the place and that can be quite fun but I've kept it really simple so it's it's the process of recording that that I think the tactile kind of nobular based mm. thing is good and and you know the more the more knobs the better in that situation I would just say don't don't pirate software kids it's, it's really bad if you can't afford some software and you really want it email the, the manufacturer and say you know you don't have to say i'm going to pirate it unless you give me a discount but they'll know that that stuff is out there particularly the smaller provide they're not sitting in ivory towers you know no. with a team of accountants counting their profit and the, the excuse of like oh well i'll buy it if i like it you know there are versions of software out there for almost yeah, everything demo with a trial on it yeah. So and just, just do that or email them or whatever. I, I know two people. One of them gave up the industry. The other one almost gave up his life when he saw how much his downloads were being done on the, on the pirate sites that are around there. So please don't. Please don't pirate software. It's not good. It's interesting you were saying about using the... Um 
the, the, the tweaking on the way in. That's kind of, that work, the thing I, because I, 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 I hear you there, but the thing is, if you're working in short loops, the problem is, is you've got to get your, your movement so that it comes round again, so that it loops. Otherwise, you have to you have to perform the entire song. How do you handle do you that? You know just what? I don't tend to work in loops anymore. Actually, um, <clears throat> I just tend to record. I mean, I'll have a looped phrase, which may be in MIDI or something like that. But then I'll lay it down for the whole track with some movements in it, and I'll have right. a rough idea of the structure of the song. So, so, so for example, you might just have a pad, and I literally will lay it down through the whole way. Or you might have, yeah. I don't know, if you think of some corny acid line out of a 303 type preset or something that you just want to go throughout the whole kind of 32 beats or something i'll just do that and i was amazed how i kept the first take so many more times as i kind of lost my preciousness and how organic and movementy it felt it felt um but if you are the only trick i can think of it depends on the sound you're using if you're using something that where this works with if you are trying to get it to a to fit a complete four bar loop or something if you do it once and then grab it and re reverse it and it still sounds the same if it's a pad or something then that will loop perfectly over eight bars but obviously if it's a piano sound or something reversing it is going to make it sound completely wrong but i've often taken pads and and, and either flip them or cut sections out that perfectly loop round like that but it does mm, depend on the okay. sound, obviously. Interesting. No, that's probably a good approach. Well, thanks for that. Um, uh, got, have we got time for another question? Is everybody okay to um, to answer another one? Sure. Yes. Well, nobody said nobody said no, so I'm going to take that as a yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's another one from Nick Howes, actually. Uh, Nick Howes, what's the least reliable piece of kit you've ever ever owned? His oh, two God. worst offenders are Korg and Roland, uh, whilst all the Behringer and then Sonics are solid as a rock. And I think that's true. I mean, there is a you know, there's this sort of myth that. Uh, Oops, beg your pardon, that Behringer stuff doesn't work and falls apart. And yeah, you know, sometimes that might be the case, but actually I've not found, we've got a X32 here, which we use for the EMOM. I've taken it out in the back of my car loads of times. and I've taken it to theatre gigs and, you know, it's been used. And when it came to us, it was already used. So uh, I was, I'm, I'm trying to think if I've got anything. I'll have to think about that. I can't actually, usually it, for me, it's connections. I said the only thing that I have got that's a bit unreliable is... Um, I've got a Behringer XR18, and the first two channels, the connections in the uh, the combi jacks are a little bit squiffy. They don't, and I think it's, and I think that's not necessarily a a, a, a quality issue. It's a design flaw because usually you stand them up, so basically all the dust falls into the holes. Whereas if you have a normal mixer, it's the holes are usually on that plane, whereas because they're like that, stuff just goes into them. So I can't, uh, th that's the only reason I can think of. I'm just trying oh. to think if there's anything else that's that's completely unreliable. I mean, mostly stuff that's unreliable and is in, uh, um, and doesn't work or doesn't, it isn't always uh, repeatable. It usually falls by the wayside because most of us need it to work, unless it's the brokenness that makes it work, I suppose. I know, Robbie, um, I can't oh, imagine God. you tolerate stuff that doesn't work. I've got, I've got, I've got one horrendous story of this bit of gear. Was my, probably my worst purchase ever in my life. I, I had I, Back in the day, I had two Roland S770 samplers, which I loved. Oh, yeah. you know, the big, yeah. the big ones that had analog filters, I had the screen everything and i did every one of my productions with them and they were brilliant but they were like 16 note polyphony and when you started stacking stuff up with cc data it, it all it, it got a little bit wobbly in terms of timing but i mean it sounded lovely and warm everything you know and then the the s6000 akai came out which was like 256 note polyphony and you know and all this stuff and i could get it with like a 
you know, a rack mountable jazz drive and it was going to be my answer to all my prayers for touring. And so sort of a month before I went out on my first proper big tour, I swapped over, I sold off my S770s and I got this Akai S6000. I put the whole set into it, meticulously, you know, set it all up. The night before we went on tour, I, I went to back up the jazz drive to like another jazz drive and there was some horrible software problems with the S6000. And basically, oh, no. I don't know how it managed to, but it put one, it put little bits of each sample into other samples. So it'd get the transient oh, of one sample in the middle of a vocal of another. What? And like, and it basically munched the whole setup. And so yeah. in my panic, I put, another, I put the original jazz disc in and it overwritten over, overwritten over the original the same thing. Oh, no. So I was left oh. with these two copies of everything with the whole set ruined. I literally had to stay up 24 hours and try and resample oh everything in from the sessions. Um, it was just the worst bit, worst gear. I, and it, it never really worked properly for me. So, um, yeah, that was the worst thing I ever purchased. <laughs> I remember I, I remember the uh, um, we had problems with uh, S1000s and SideQuests. Um, that they would they would get corrupted in the same way, and it was weird because you know it, mostly a disc works or it doesn't work, right? I mean it, this disc yeah. is broken. Yeah. It's like yeah. no, yeah. this disc works, but what I've said is it's the data that's become reordered. I mean how on earth does that happen? Mm -hmm. I know we've got Nick Howes in the chat room, and he's he yeah. used to be uh, at Akai, and I, I I hope he's not uh, feeling the pressure here, but uh, I, I know there was uh, maybe it was before his time, I don't know, but yeah, that was I do recall that. I, yes, awful. Oh, um, how about you, Paulie? Yeah. I've got a spectacular one, absolutely spectacular fireworks. So this is a Casio Tone 403, lovely wood grain home keyboard that I paid about three pounds from a car boot sale for. And it sounds really good after I fixed it because uh, in these early Casio Tones, they use what are called paper capacitors <laughs> uh, in, in the circuit and when they go, they are spectacular. There's like fire and flames shooting out of the speakers and stuff like that. But they're actually fine. It's like literally one one magic component just going and, and going out with a bang and making as much drama as possible. And then, um, yeah, once you put a new capacitor in, it, it works absolutely fine. When you put, you know, something decent in there. <laughs> so that Paper was my capacitors. That sounds dodgy. Yeah, yeah, it was it was my most unreliable piece of gear, but it's really nice as a little secret weapon because it uses a weird early form of digital synthesis called um, consonant vowel synthesis. So chuck it through some reverb and they sound really good. Ah, okay, nice tip. Matt, I don't know if you've uh, if you've been been down the, but I, I don't know if it's, it's own or owned I suppose I mean because sometimes sometimes yeah. we have things that we know is that just don't work properly but when they do it's it's really special. I know uh, just one quick story. I remember uh, Charlie Jones, who's a bass player, um, did a load of session work. He, he was the, the, the kind of constant throughout uh, Golf Rap's work. He came up to do some recording on, uh, I guess it would have been Strict Machine era stuff. So it'd been Black Cherry. And he came up with this little, uh, it was a, a flip top Ampeg. And he brought his, you know, the, which are beautiful things. They're like a box with a speaker and you flip it and the amp comes up at the top. But it was incredibly broken. And it, but it had this amazing sound because it was broken. And it was, it was, you know, we'd be recording it and everybody really worried that it would either die or it would write itself. But he, so he would always transport it with great care because he wanted the broken sound. And sometimes that's the case, right? <laughs> 
there's there's a few stories out there, isn't there, of people owning equipment that just does one thing really well, but it shouldn't do. Um, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot, whether it's a guitar pedal or a synth or a tape machine or or whatever. The thing is, when it comes to digital, is that they they, do, they don't tend to really do that so much. They kind of just stop working. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or they don't. They do, or they don't work, or they or they they just go like really eight bitty or something like that, which might be what you're after. Um, just thinking about oh, jazz drives and zip drives. Oh and, God, yeah. Amiga stuff. Oh, that was God. awful, wasn't it? What was that? Psyquest. Why, why do that to us? Why put something out into the world that does that? I mean, um, yeah, they were a nightmare. I tell you what, as, a, as well as been a nightmare for me, is iLock. Oh, just sometimes that thing just driving up the wall, just trying to get my plugins that I bought working. Um, Pro Tools crashing so much. I mean, there's so many memes on the internet of Pro Tools just crashing and quitting. I just can't deal with it um, sometimes <laughs> and the other thing is this macbook pro i bought this macbook pro what year is this this is 2018 2022 oh it's maxed out, <laughs> it's maxed out with 32 gigs of ram you know it's an intel i9 it's 15 inch it should be absolutely banging compare this one to the one i had before which was 2000 and I think it was 12, 2012, 2013. And for some reason, that Mac was just phenom- phenomenal. This one, I don't know. Ever is it a touch bar it, Mac? Is it one with the touch it, bar? It, it is, yeah, it is. Which, by the way, I never use. I don't think anyone uses. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do. I, I do. Yeah. I just software installed that keeps it just configured to uh, the play button for iTunes and ordering uh, uber and, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, what's that? pizza that's a great idea why somebody stream deck. That and i'm going to add it to my stream deck that is insanely good Nando's, Domino's, fast food. Sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> got to be, a, got to be on my stream. Oh, the, the I think, I think, I think, Dom, you've, I think uh, we've got, we've got the show title. Yeah, sorry, carry on. But yeah, it's interesting though. You're right though, Matt, because I, I had uh, that generation. I think there were that was a bit of a donkey. That one definitely because oh, you had the, the scissor well. keyboard. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. I had one, and it was one that I had before this, and I, I used it for years. Uh, and I think I bought it. I, I fortunately. When we were at NAM, I got a phone call from someone who used to work for us who said, Oh, you're in LA. I've got a mate who works in the Apple store, Apple store in uh, Santa Monica. Can you pick me up a computer? Because he said he could do the staff discount. And when you get the staff discount in the States, it's, yeah. you know, without the VAT and stuff. I mean, yeah, you're supposed to pay VAT on it on input. I, I, I think statute of limitations has gone now. I'm not going to get busted for that. So I bought one while I was there. I, just, I didn't really, really need it at the time. I thought, well, I'm going to quite soon. And I, so I bought two. I bought him a little MacBook, whatever it was, little one, and I bought mine and I brought it back. And it, it was good. Mine was okay. But there were ones where they just died. Stuff like the power supplies went, the motherboards went. I mean, they're just, it's quite oh, rare. Yeah. They don't, I don't think that happens so much now, fortunately, but they do, they are out there. This so I feel the, for you. The whole butterfly key issue. This one's got the um, buzzy fan whenever it does start, even just you open up Excel and it starts going, 
just that the rendering times seem longer for some reason. Just, I don't know, what is, why, is, why is it like this? You know, this should be a more advanced machine compared to the previous generation. It's a lot newer. It's, it should be more powerful. And for some reason, yeah, the, I, I think you just summarized it well, Nick. I think sometimes some <laughs> of these generations, they just, they just got it wrong or something happened. I don't know. But um, yeah. I can't wait to get another one. But yeah, yeah, well, I, I, I should recommend, you know, I should say, one. look, I mean, I'm lucky to have one as well. Don't forget, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not sat here going, oh, my, my Mac's crap. Well, my Mac is actually crap. But, um, <laughs> and it's very frustrating because I actually rely on it to do a lot of work and, and to, for, you know, actually generating income and that kind of thing. So it's, a, it's an important tool to me. But um, I, sh- I should say that I'm, I'm very fortunate to own one as well. Yeah, well, fair enough. Dom, I don't know what, uh, what, I mean, I imagine, I don't know, have you got some sort of ancient piece of dub equipment that you just, you know, you can only get yeah, 10 yeah, minutes yeah. out I, of it? I'm just trying to think. It was hard to think. Can I just say, what a, what a sign of a brand when you say, my Mac's crap, I can't wait to get another one. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I can overcome that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, that's <laughs> true. My iPad's gone really slow. I must get another one. Is it just must brilliant? Get another because one. they answer. Yeah. They have such useful tools. Uh, I was going to say I'll, I'll take your uh, your jazz drives and raise you DAT backups. Do you remember the DAT backups oh, coming out the back yeah. of the S one thousands and the S? Yep. Oh, oh, shocking. Which I just gave up after the first disaster because it would only take one. Actually, you'd probably end up a bit like your uh, your Roland. 750s or whatever 770s because one little bit would go wrong coming back and then everything would drop yeah, out if the bit was in the wrong place yeah. if it was in the programming information i the top tip Dom, this I'm... is what i did i always backed it up twice every time at the end of every session i back it up twice i'd save it to disk wow. and i'd back it up twice to dat so you get two dats and also we found that some dats it would work with and some didn't back in the day oh, it was what? the sony dts which was the one of the early dats yeah didn't like it's... that very much whereas the panasonic one the white face one which was uh, much better and much cheaper it worked mm. okay with that but again you had to do you had to do oh, it twice that... to be oh, sure God. when you've got like a three-day session and some serious artists or whatever and you're just thinking i i i've got everything here it's not printed to tape you know that goes back to my dream of waking up surrounded by these floppy disks and i couldn't move because i might squash one of the floppy disks or my 10 disk floppy disk back up across you know anyway um in terms of other things breaking i'm pretty good i've never managed to get my slate uh raven 2 touchscreen mixing interface slate digital did a did a touchscreen yeah. thing that's meant to integrate with Bitwig, and it, it kind of works if you've only got one monitor. But if you've got a couple or three monitors or whatever, it's never worked properly. So it's just a very expensive touchscreen that I've had for years, and I just forget that it's a touchscreen. Uh, I don't think that's ever worked really. But um, outside of that, I don't know. I quite like stuff that if stuff breaks, I can generally fix it. Mm. Um, ah, yes, which is kind of good because yeah. I'm, I'm all right with the soldering iron and I'm, I'm okay apart from if it's really minute kind of stuff these days yeah, I'm a bit like an old car you know if you, you can fix an old car with spanners but new stuff it's got to be very very precise I can still do that as well but it's not fun whereas the other stuff can be quite interesting so no nothing nothing hugely bad the old studio 440 that we bought years 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 ago when we first got signed in a band I was in that that, that was never worked and was a disaster that was um made by that was sequential was not it back then. that was yeah, sequential, yeah they were all really expensive and absolutely awful it would just crash all the time and we just ditched it in the end but apart yeah, from that nothing nothing too recently that backup still fill me with 
Tremors, I think. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. I, I was going to say, wasn't it? Um, was it the guitarist with the Kinks? Was it Dave Dave Davis? I mean, got his distorted guitar sound because his his cone broke in his guitar. So that's a really Ooh. good example of something actually breaking that generates an entirely new huge sound of guitars do you know what i mean it started flapping well around, and of course and one one could argue that the moog ladder filter was effect effectively a sort of sort of misdesigned uh, uh artifact wasn't it it was sort of overly gained yeah. and so you got that but it was a very pleasing sound it wasn't necessarily designed oh, to be yes. that way it just sort of was that way I, um and that's yes yeah, that's, there's a know. there's a few of those isn't there there's the uh, i don't know i just took my hat off but it's a bit hot here um the ssl f uh headphone thing recording through that on drum sounds do you remember they, 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 there's a headphone yeah. out Talk on back, ssl yeah, which, Talk back yeah back, exactly which yeah, just sounded really crunchy on drums Classic yeah pattern. that's yeah. a good one yeah, yeah. i remember yeah. one yes. super quick one uh on the n sonic vfx uh keyboard which was very expensive in 1989 there was a very dodgy ribbon cable between two halves of the keyboard so that basically this ribbon cable would go after a number of years and to get it to work again you had to kind of stand the keyboard up and bend it a bit <laughs> flex it a bit and then it'd make contact again until you got like a proper you know tech to just oh. solder all the wires individually yeah what's that what did you say so the clunkiest action didn't they i had like a i had like one a, that's a, so a clunky. Mirage. yeah I had the mirage and then I had an esq1 and the keyboard yeah. actions were just like you could like you'd never be able to record in a room with them because there's no, more clunk no. and there was sound coming out of them. That's it. They're just really, really clunky, but um, really expensive now. Randomly, some yeah. of the Ensonic stuff. So I'd still it's, like uh, to get a Mirage again. I would, would but you? I don't know why. One with an SD card and a massive library. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the the, the uh, writing everything and figuring out the uh, codes in hexadecimal using the Masos uh, 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 extended OS system. Perhaps yeah. not so much, but uh, I'd like yeah. please do it and film it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you thought Nick got cross about teenage engineering stuff or electron stuff, wait till you see him trying to operate a, a, a Mirage. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's maybe. when you buy a bit of gear. It's when you buy a bit of gear out of nostalgia. I had a my yeah. first ever synth was like a well, it was like a not synth from Dixon's. My dad took me down to Dixon's and I got me in a Casio MT68, which yeah. was like a sort of a brown plastic home keyboard, really, with with yeah. rhythms and. A, and it had like a few synth buttons. You can vary the synth by the couple of variations. And I bought one of those a few years ago just to like, oh, I really like the original synth I had. And I, I plugged it in and I used it on about one thing. And I was like, yeah, that can go. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like you get sort of waves of nostalgia. You think, oh, I'd love that. And I use that so much. And you go, right, yeah. rinse that out. That's the end of that. Yeah. Oh, well. Gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been a lot of fun. I know we've been a bit, bit meandering, but that's uh, down to my planning. I, uh, you know, quite often, uh, normally I'll be having a drink, but I've got to drive today, so I wouldn't do. Um, you're more than welcome to. And so wherever you are in the world, please do uh, have a lovely uh, Christmas or, you know, festive 
break, whatever you're doing, even if you're not working, uh, ring your mum. Do remember that. That's one thing I would recommend uh, after what I've been through. Just give them a ring and say say what you need to say. It's always nice. Uh, and um, I want to say also thank you very much to, like I said, all of you folks, gals and girls out there in the chat. It's been lovely to have you. We'll be back on January the 4th, I think is the next available Wednesday because we've got some weird bank holidays. Uh, but that's going to be it for this this year. Goodness me, this year. I don't know what will be back. There will be a bit more normal service resumed. Uh, I've been a, bit, been a bit distracted this last quarter, but uh, I think we'll, we'll get some more stuff on the go. So thank you, Paulie. Thank you so much. I enjoy your foot. This is going to be your first Christmas with a child. Probably a bit yeah, young to, to worry about you know, all of that stuff, but I'm sure it'll well, be great for the family. My, my mum's bought him a massive sack of presents and we we haven't. And we were like, well, he's not going to remember the presents, is it? But she's bought a massive sack of them, so he's going to have them, isn't he? I suppose he is, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll that's just for you. When we, when we say we didn't buy him anything or we'll rush out and buy him something. <laughs> Uh, th uh, thank you. Just quickly, there. Thank you very much to uh, Jamie for the, uh, the the pair character bowing down and saying thank you. Thanks for the super sticker. That was lovely. <laughs> uh, and uh, and also super chat from Aquatic Borealis. Uh, happy holidays. That will go towards the next beer fund at uh, Emom, which will be sometime in March. Hopefully, we can get the dates right for that. But uh, we'll be back with more. Uh, Robbie, also thank you very much for joining us. Lovely to Hi, see Jack. you uh, again in your studio. Hope you're going to have a good Christmas and uh, all of that stuff we'll hope to speak to you again in the new year yeah, you, you finishing work now or you got some stuff um, that you still have I've to got, do i've got I'm, I'm, I'm actually just finishing i'm doing a sample replay for for an artist in america who can't get sample clearance um so i'm just finishing that at the moment and then i'm finished for christmas right nice one well, lovely to have you aboard. Always a pleasure. And Matt Hodson, um, first Christmas in your new house as well. So uh, I guess you'll be, what, will you be just sitting on a box eating bean, cold beans out of a tin? Or is it going to be a bit better than that? <laughs> yeah, that's most Christmases anyway, Nick, regardless. Um, I'm probably, probably, probably something like that. Actually, I'm, I'm going to try and be busy over Christmas. And um, now I've got, I've got the camera and stuff to get out tomorrow. But now I've got the mic out and stuff. I'm actually going to do some, some live streaming over Christmas. I'll probably do some of, um, some of my sort of favourite stuff that's been released over the, over this year, and music and that kind of thing. So, join me for a live chat. And if, if anyone wants to pop in and say hello on camera, they can. And um, I've got a video going out next week, which is not a live stream, but actually it's um, it's an interesting one. This it's for a, it's for a module by um, we've talked about them before, Maya EMI. Ah, oh, yeah, Maya sound, yeah. I've got the desktop, the MD nine hundred, which is it's a phenomenal synthesizer, and they put that in a Eurorack module. So I I filmed a bit of a kind of demo on that, and I'm going to show it. Uh, next week and what they what we're then going to do is run a Q&A with the company because they want some feedback from people out there as to you know what they think of the module how it's working um, what they could do with it before they properly bring it out to market so yeah I think we're going to do that so, so it'd be great to have everyone's input on that if this is a chance to give your input to a Eurorack manufacturer um, as to what how you think that module should be designed and navigated before it comes to market so uh yeah keep an eye out for that merry christmas Brilliant. everybody lovely to be to be on here it's been a great year it's always great to hang out with you guys and everybody in the chat and um shame we're not in the same room 
with a with a bottle of port and some cheese. But well, we maybe may, maybe you could do. We could do that. We can arrange to to do that in March. We'll get you up. Yeah. I know it was very difficult for people to get to to, to us oh, in yeah. November just because of the Christmas markets. But uh, we aim to do more of those. So thank you very much, and Dom. Uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you for all your great work uh, both behind no, the scenes you. and in front of the camera this year. It's been an absolute pleasure. Very much appreciate. Um, no, thank you for the opportunity as well. It's been really really good. So yeah, and, and uh, let's see how next year goes because Sonic State has smashed the 200,000 so 300,000 oh, yeah. this time next year maybe <sighs> yeah okay but why not we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll give it a go uh, and I hope you have you and your family have a lovely Christmas and I hope everybody out there has a, a nice restive festive whatever denomination you are and you stay warm and um, if you're in the UK don't get sick and uh, um, don't post any letters and don't catch any trains don't go to but apart from that it'll be fine <laughs> that's it thank you very much everybody I, I can't bring all four of you up but I can bring this many people up and then have those that's it for this week thank you very much that well for this year that was sonic talk uh well that's it end of the show see you next time bye bye